This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Let's jump into the Word today. Um, We are in our series, I Got Questions. And this is part two, and so we're going to be uh, jumping right into this, all right? And so uh, last week we talked about um, what is a Christian, and today we're going to talk about what is the church. I got questions. What is the church? And so let's pray and get into this um, message today. Father, thank you for your word. Always, always, it's always right to give you thanks and praise. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, into this moment. We invite your presence. Lord, we invite your grace and goodness. Uh, Lord, we invite your wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom, counsel, knowledge, understanding, revelation. Lord, reveal Christ to us in 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 a fresh way today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. All right, what is the church? So let's talk about this first. Uh, What the church isn't. What the church isn't. Now, I'm gonna, just like we started out last week, what is a Christian? We said, we talked about what a Christian isn't, right? And so some of these things, um, like I said before, when talking about what is a Christian, we also talked about, hey, there's a difference between identity and context, meaning there's a difference between the identity of the church right, Um, who the church really is or what the church really is um, and the context that she is in. I say she because she's the bride of Christ. So there is a difference between how the church operates and the context we're in. That context very much is a cultural thing. It's societal. It's a context, but it's not really who the church is. So here we go. Who or what the church isn't is the church by eternal scriptural definition is not an organization or an institution. Okay? Um, A church is not, the church I should say, is not a nonprofit corporation. All right. Well, like I said before, these are contexts we operate in, but it is not who she really is. I mean, how do we know this? Because when the church was birthed in the earth, she was not an institution. She was not an organization. She was not a nonprofit corporation. She was not a corporate entity. Can I get an amen? Also, The church is not, or she, God never intended her to be a voting block for American politics. Can I get an amen? Um, Also, the church, the church, by definition, is not simply a, a, a social club or a place to find community, 
Okay, why? Because um, community in our society and culture is found in a lot of different places. There's the skateboard community. There is the Latin American community. There is the, um, you know, I don't know, uh, the uh, basketball, you know, community. There is um, these various, there is the community of an industry like Hollywood, right? So um, I'm not saying that community isn't there and we don't find community, but that is not what the church is. Can I get an amen? All right, so here we go. So we're gonna go to Acts chapter nine, verse 31. Let me read this. Acts chapter nine, verse 31. This gives a beautiful picture of the early church. Acts 9, 31, then the churches throughout, somebody say churches, the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. And so we just see that, here's just a, a verse here in, in, in kind of the middle of Acts chapter nine. This is right after the uh, Saul was converted and then he's preaching immediately. Uh, he was blind for three days and three nights. Um, Ananias, right, lays hands on him. I believe that's his name, Ananias. Uh, lays hands on him, um, gets healed. And the Bible says immediately he was preaching and teaching in the synagogues. And the, the Jews sought to kill him. Um, and then he gets out of there. They, they let him down a basket down the wall of the city. All right. And then he... Um, he, he goes to a different region doing the same thing and they sought to kill him again. All right, so twice, you know, um, and the brethren and the disciples kind of helped him escape these two situations. So immediately after all that, here's verse 31. I'll read it again, Acts 9, 31. It says, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So just in this verse alone, we see kind of, just that kind of pure roots, root system of what the church was and ought to be eternally. And you just see in this one verse, three things. You see that the church is people, right? People that have obviously encountered Jesus. Number two, uh, there was presence. It speaks explicitly of peace. They were edified and they were walking in the fear of the Lord and there was the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So you see that the church was, is, always will be people, God's presence, and there was also proximity. And so what do I mean by that? So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's a play on words here just to help us maybe remember this, but the church is made up of people, presence, speaking of God's presence, and proximity or locale. So it specifically speaks of actual people. It says they, it speaks of a plurality of church communities in uh, three different regions, pretty broad regions along the coast of the Mediterranean. On the southern part of that, you had Judea. Hence in the Old Testament, they called the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom, I believe. So, because it's the southern part of that region, right in the middle is Samaria. Above that, north of that is Galilee, where Jesus was from, Sea of Galilee and all that. So this whole region along the Mediterranean coast it says the churches in these regions, somebody say proximity or locale. This is where we get the term local church. Why? Because the church is made up of people seeking God's presence in a literal geography. 
right? And, and they are doing what they do in their, in their geography, right? So it's beautiful. It's simple, right? It's church, church, people, presence, proximity. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Um, my pastor growing up when I first got saved back in 1992, this was probably around the time I really started getting connected to a local church. A, the locale was downtown San Jose on the corner of 13th and Jackson, right outside of the downtown area in the inner city of, of, of San Jose, California. Um, and uh, he used to say, uh, Pastor Max Briones, he used to say the church is not an organization. It is a living organism. So with all that said, um, I think our, our best example to see really the, the kind of the pure kind of idea of the church we see in the book of Acts, right? Um, we see maybe the, the eternal aspects of her that transcend culture, time, uh, right? Time meaning time periods, right? Um, I mean, and she, the church, is still here today. Right. And so if I can be honest, even speaking as a pastor, uh, you know, because of who she really is, um, a living organism. I know that sounds a little strange using biological bio, biology kind of terminology, but um, I think that it'll kind of speak to kind of where we're headed with the message today is these other things that are purely context. If we're not careful. We'll, we will, and I believe we have made too big of a deal of our religious organizations, um, our camps, we call them camps, our, our um, pastoral personas, right, personalities in the pulpit, our, our various brands of Christianity, then Christ and kingdom community, right? I think we've made a bigger deal of these things that are more contextual uh, because the context of our culture, but not the eternal aspect of who the church really is. Um, can I get an amen, somebody? This is why, because religious institution, okay, does not liberate us from the worldly system. Just being involved, a quote unquote member of a religious organization, that is not the, the I, God's idea of freedom, okay? How, how, how why is that? Um, because the, <clears throat> the various religious institution that we're a part of could very well be part of the same worldly system um, that that institution is in. Can I get an amen, somebody? So Christ, I know this is real basic, but just work with me. Walk with me here. Christ and Christ alone liberates us. Uh, Galatians chapter five, verse one says, right? Um, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has set you free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And so it is Christ that sets us, uh, sets us free. So, so our pathway to freedom might be that we're, we're, we just go to church because, man, I just need some friends, right? Or I just need community. I just want to be a part of something. Or I grew up in church, and this is just what I do. And, 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 and so I want to go. And so I'm not saying necessarily that's bad. I mean, 
part of my story is I literally went to church because of the skateboard community that was there. So I didn't go for Christ. I didn't go for Jesus. I didn't go there to worship. I went for my own personal reason, my own personal interest, but I did find Christ. And so I understand that that could be the pathway, but, um, but scripturally, doctrinally, like true fellowship in the body is the result of first and foremost being submitted to the head, which is Christ. So there is no part of the body if we are not first partakers of Christ. There is no revelation of the body without Christ. When I find Christ, I find the body because he is the head of the body. So, so what am I saying? Like the church, once again, is, is people um, in his presence, pursuing his presence in a specific proximity or, uh, or locale, right? So, so I identify with the body because we first encounter him, right? So there is no authentic part, spiritual connection to the body of Christ unless we are first connected to the head of the body, which is Christ, all right? Somebody say amen. So Ephesians chapter four, all right? Verse 15 and 16. Here we go. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. All right, somebody say the head, Christ. From whom? The whole body. So Christ first, body second. It might come into a fellowship of believers. If I am not a believer, I do not have authentic fellowship with them yet, meaning I do not, I am not a part of the body just because I'm in the building. I am a part of the body because I am connected to, I have a revelation of, and I am submitted to Christ. He, I must, I must, I can't even see the kingdom unless I am born again. And so right here in Ephesians 4, it says here, into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, from, meaning it starts with him, from whom the whole body, from whom, from him, from Christ, from the head, because of the head, the whole body joined and knit together. So I am not joined and knit to his body unless I am first joined and knit to him. Somebody say, amen. This is about Jesus here. Right? Okay? Uh, by, that, by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So what is the church? What is the church? What is the church? It is people that have received the revelation of Jesus Christ. Ecclesia is the, is the Greek word church. Ek, the first part of that word, the prefix ek, out from out from or to, and ecclesia uh, comes from the word kaleo, to call. So those called out of, those called from the world and called to Christ, okay? It's the ecclesia, all right? It also can uh, can speak of the, 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 those called together. So it's not, it is those called, which in the Latin is convocatio, called by God, that divine call, that divine revelation, divine grace, 
called me, touched me. And it's congregatio in the Latin. It's those, the called that gather. So ecclesia, it's really those called out that gather. So it is both the divine call from heaven and the call that gathers us together. We are both submitted to the head, call of God. Connected to the body, we gather. Hallelujah. So it is people that have received the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is people that gather to worship God. It, it, is, it is those called and those that gather. Also, the church is a people with divine perfect, divine purpose and prophetic vision. Divine purpose and prophetic vision. I am telling you that we aren't just called, we aren't, we don't just gather, but we fulfill divine purpose. Like there is a reason, there is a call, there is a mandate on the church. There is a prophetic vision inside of you. There is a there is a call. I mean, we just see this go, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, uh, make disciples of all nations, right? And so uh, we're ambassadors for Christ. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, right? That they might see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We are a people with divine purpose and prophetic vision. We have prophetic revelation, okay? We... And so even like Hopeland Church, right? The organization has a vision. But let me tell you, there's something more important than the organization of Hopeland Church having a vision. It is that you discover the vision God put inside of you because you are the church. Hopeland Church, the organization, is not the church. It is a context we operate in that kind of legitimizes us in the state right uh in this in this particular society we're in but hopeland church is not the church you are the church more important than organizational vision is that you discover and walk in the vision you have and understand the vision of the body as a whole all right uh ephesians 4 verse 12 this is speaking of and we just read from ephesians 4 uh, uh just a second ago and this in the context here is talking about the um Five-fold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. And um, speaking of those, speaking of the church and kind of how the church is matured, how the church grows, okay? it's Those those gifts are speaking of the kind of the governance of a local church community, right? And so Ephesians 4.12 says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Um, somebody say this with me. Say, I have divine purpose. Say this with me. Say prophetic vision is inside of me by way of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So once again, Ephesians 4.12, for the, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The church is a people with divine purpose and pre prophetic vision and revelation. Here is my next point. The church is a mystery. The church is a mystery. Um, early church, we're talking Western church, Latin speaking. We're talking East Eastern church, Greek speaking. We're talking first few centuries. You had the East, you had the West, and they had their unique differences and all that. But both of them, both of them back then, we're talking East and West, um, based on their study of the scripture, based on their pursuit of God, they came up with the phrase, and, and it said different ways. They called it the mystical body or the invisible body of Christ because we don't really know who the body is because 
It is not based on any exterior thing other than fruit, right? And so they, they, they said, man, this thing is a mystery. Um, this thing is a mystery. The, think about this. The church, the, the church is the union of all Christians into a spiritual body, okay? Why? How do we know spiritual? Because it's Christ. The Bible says we're a spiritual house, um, and we are in a body with those that aren't even in our locale. Although we may gather locally, we are a part of a global body, what the early church called Catholic, which just means universal, which means this is Christ. This isn't, this isn't an organization that signs us up. This isn't a person, place, or thing. This is a revelation of Christ. So the church is the union of all Christians into a spiritual body with Jesus Christ as their head. So think about this. Man, this thing is a mystery. There's mystery to this. As we shared last week when Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three, hey, uh, you don't know where the wind comes from or where it goes. So is everybody born of the spirit. All right, you must be born again, right? So this is called, this is a spiritual birth into a spiritual body, okay? We are spiritual beings. So, so think about this. There's no person, place, thing, institution, ideology, culture, powers that be, religious leader, political party, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that validates or sanctions you as part of the body other than Christ. It's only Christ that does that. Can I get an amen? All right, and so we are, we know we are sons and daughters of God because of the Spirit's witness within us. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? So I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm not gonna kind of go into it in depth, but take this, write this down. But Romans 8 verse 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so, um, there, you know, you don't, you don't, your local church membership isn't your official um, sanctioned truth that you are in the body. You are in the body because of Christ because you're born again, all right? And so, yes, we then go on to bear fruit of our profession and others see the fruit of our lives. And you know what I'm saying? But we are not warranted or sanctioned by any created thing that we belong to him, okay? We're not restricted or limited by a building, a denomination, a man-made structure, a national boundary, a culture, a geography, anthropology, civil law, socioeconomic status or, or ethnicity as the body of Christ. We are in union with Christ and in being submitted to the head, we are a part of this body. And this body cannot be controlled by any created thing. So what is the church? Say it with me, say, what is the church? The church is typified and described in scripture as the body of Christ. The body of Christ, there's three things. First thing I wanted to share specifically is the body of Christ. The body of Christ, we are part of a body and it breaks us down. You can see this in 1 Corinthians 12 a lot, a lot, it's, it's powerful. But what does this speak of? that we're in a body. It speaks of our union with Christ, our submission to his headship, and that each of us has 
a specific and significant place in it based on when God sovereignly designed for you to be in the earth, your gifts, talents, abilities, life's experiences, etc., 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 your pains, your, your everything, God then redeems you and in doing that redeems it all so that you can fulfill divine purpose. You have a significant and specific part to play in the kingdom of God, namely his body. The hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. First Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Say the church is the body of Christ. What's the next one? Here we go. The church is the bride of Christ. It's another description in scripture. Speaking of the bride, the book of Revelation say the, the, the bride, right? The spirit and the bride say come, okay? What does this speak of? That we are his bride, that he is the husband. Uh, it, we're gonna have the marriage supper of the lamb in heaven. It speaks of our intimate and growing relationship with Jesus, okay? This is spiritual stuff here. Think about it. The, what is the church? The body of Christ. The bride of Christ. Ephesians chapter five, verse 25 and 26 reads, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Being a Christian, a part of the church, the church is the bride of Christ. It, it, the church body is made up of those that are in an intimate and growing relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what she is. Don't, don't be putting other stuff on it. Leave it alone. Let it be. All right? Let it be what it is. Don't be adding stuff to it. Here's the next one. The church is the temple of God. The church is the temple of God. All right, the church is the temple of God, okay? And so these, I'm gonna go into this one for a minute, but these are the three things. I think I mentioned these in the last sermon series just, just a little bit, uh, but this is, this, is what, this is what the church is. It's what it is. Um, and um, that is all, right? I know there's, there's more to it. There's a lot. There's a lot more verses that describe these things. But if you want to look at the church, there it is. It is people that make up the body. And those people have had a revelation of Jesus. It is people, people that are the bride, people that are growing in an intimate, or they're in an intimate and growing relationship with Jesus. People, it's people, it is people. 
The church is the temple of God. The Bible says he does not dwell in temples made with hands, but human hearts. That is the church, the church. Individually, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Collectively, we are the temple. He is both in me and in us. We are called and to Christ. We are called into relationship and fellowship with him. And in that, from whom we are then called into the gathering and the community of God's people. Come on, somebody. All right, here we go. First Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. Peter told the early church, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, built a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so what does this speak of? Kind of the whole idea of a temple is that the church is God's building. And so what does that mean? Like in what we see this in so many different ways in the scripture, but he is building us up. And right here it says, you are being built a spiritual house. Okay, and you'll even talk, you can even, um, in, in, uh, in Paul's letters, you know, he, he said that no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We kind of, we just, we're building on that. We, we're, we're, we're building God's people. We're, we're, we're edifying, we're growing, we're developing. So God is building you. God is edifying you and that we are growing. God, God is, is, is kind of layering us and causing us to grow and develop as people. So once again, once again, the church is the temple of God. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the temple of God. Every one of those is speaking to people. This doesn't mean that we are not organized. The early church was very organized. Um, you see that there was structure, there was accountability, there was a, a leadership structure. I mean, you had, you had elders, you had deacons, you had bishops, depending on the, the, the language you choose to use, those, those, you know, there was presbytery, there were teachers, there were prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, there was governance, uh, so when I say it's not an organization, I'm not saying it's not organized. I'm not saying it's disorderly. I'm just saying the church is not an entity made by man, sanctioned by the state. That is a context we operate in. There was no entity. The early church didn't even own property for the first few hundred years. There was no, there was no above ground acceptance of their community, but they still gathered, they worshiped, they preached the word, they received communion, they prayed, they, they, they gathered, they had a structure, there was accountability as far as who was where, there was an infrastructure, they, they you know what I'm saying? And um, God was moving, it was people, it was presence, and they were in proximity of, they were in communities, in neighborhoods, in houses. Hallelujah. So 
I wanted to say this with all that said, God is not building Hopeland, the brand. He is building you, his temple, and us collectively, his body. Yeah, I understand the context. I'm not saying God is not working in and through our context, but let's make, let's major on majors and minor on minors. And if we're gonna look at the Bible and the root system of what the church is, then let's focus on and intentionally preach, teach, and and value what she eternally is. Meaning just not, you know, uh, getting lost in our context and making it something it's not. Okay, so here we go. Let me end with this thought and I'm gonna pray for you guys. So, so let's allow the building of Hopeland Church, the organization, right? Let's allow that to be a secondary consequence of you personally being built up spiritually, all right? Um, that is what this is. So let the peripheral, the aesthetics, let's, let's continue to do that, do that well, but let's, let's decide to say, let's let that be a secondary consequence of what and who the true building is, who the true temple is. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I've, God has blessed us. God has enabled us as an organization to launch in January 2020 to navigate all of what everybody's had to navigate over the last few, few years. And we are still here. And we, God has sustained us as an organization, right? Um, so thank God. I'm thankful. He's providing for us. Um, but when we ask the question, somebody say, when we say, I got questions. When we ask the question, what is the church? We must answer the question according to the scripture. And the church is you and us collectively. People, presence, and proximity. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the church. We thank you, Lord, for this local community. God, and I just pray that we would walk in the freedom and the grace and we would celebrate you, Jesus, and celebrate the building of the temple. And that is us. And so, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in and through us. And we just pray that, I pray this, Lord, that those joining with us today, that prophetic vision, divine purpose, would be stirred in the hearts of the church the hearts of the people, that they would see their cause, their reason, their call as part of the body, their gifts, their talents, the, the reason why of their existence. I pray that they would see it, be stirred in it, and, and move in that direction. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I love you, church. Peace. I hope you enjoyed the message. 
And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.